Hey, Dan on top, season one. Wow, this is going to be fun. I can just tell you that right now. We have an incredible guest with us here, a good friend of mine, a LinkedIn friend, Marcus Ogden. Marcus, how are you? What's up, Dan? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Good to see you. I just, when did I last see you? Was it last Wednesday? Last Wednesday. That's correct. We were in Cleveland, Ohio. That's right. So last Wednesday, Marcus spoke. It was actually the day before my birthday. He was speaking at Liberty Home Mortgage. Uh, big shout out to uh, to uh, your good friend there. Uh, what's his name? Cash? Hash? Hash. 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 I'm sorry. Hash. Hash Sagafi. I love Hash. I spoke with him on Monday. And um, Marcus, the month before, and I had been speaking on the phone. And Marcus said, hey, Dan, I'm going to be on your side of the country. I'm going to be in Cleveland. Come and meet me. I said, what the heck? Why not? I got a client down that way. Let me go and uh, drive down to Cleveland. I met Marcus. He gave a, an all-star speech, man, all-star. This guy is, is in – he's not – forget motivational speaker. He's an inspirational speaker, okay? So Marcus – there you go. Marcus would just he, – he hit a grand slam. We went out to lunch afterwards. Honestly, I'm in love with the guy. I love what you're doing. I love your message. I love your story. And, and I've spoken with a lot of people in the last week who feel the same way. So first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate that. Um, let's just jump right into it. Tell us a little bit. If I had asked you the question, who is Marcus Ogden? Marcus Ogden is a current national international keynote speaker, executive coach, consultant, and best-selling author that also is a former uh, NFL athlete that currently lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with his wife and two daughters. Very nice. I actually have uh, an uncle in Raleigh, so that's cool. Maybe I'll have to come by and, uh, and pay you a visit on your own home turf, give you some home court advantage. But meanwhile, you're on top here with Dan on top, so we're going to continue to jump in, use my home court advantage, and... Uh, I want you to share some things with us. Like I sat there, and I'm not usually one to keep quiet, but I sat there for, I don't know, it was like maybe an hour, hour and a half while you spoke, and I was just like, you could feel it, man. Your energy and your presence and, and, and the passion that you give over to people, it's real. I, I honestly, I, I can say I have never experienced that before. That was really, really incredible. I want to know, like, where do you get that from? How do you, where, where does that come from? You know, Dan, the passion I have for speaking comes from, the experiences I've had, both educational and life. And I've been in commercial construction, real estate development, and I grew a massive organization. I made some really bad mistakes uh, when I was at the height and the pinnacle of the business. And as a result of that, I ended up filing a Chapter 7 bankruptcy in 2013, April. And really and truly, Dan, for me, it's like I want people to know my mistakes so they don't make the same mistakes I did. If I'm able to give people knowledge, action steps, and a blueprint, and I call that ambition, so they cannot make my mistakes and they can have success, then I'm a happy person. Yeah, that's awesome. And I definitely respect your your vision to help other people and to take what you've learned from your successes and perhaps your failures and help other people to synthesize those so that they can can make the good steps in their life. That's really wonderful. So tell me a little bit about that story. I know that, that uh, you know, you've done some really major things, some ups, some downs, NFL player, um, you know, business owner, built something huge. I don't want to take away from your story. So tell us a little bit about that process and how it's built you into the person you are today. So I had a six-year NFL career, which was phenomenal. I got out. I struggled with transits for about six months. I was an alcoholic. I was a pain pill-popping addict. I was uh, suffering from uh, depression, anxiety, stress. Uh, I lacked structure. I finally got off my tail and I, I started a construction company. It was first in a residential. Then we flipped to commercial. 
And then we started doing some concrete and then we ended up doing site work and we got into development and we got into land and we had a major organization. But unfortunately, the company had success, Dan, and again, Dan on top, Marcus was on top, but Marcus didn't stay on top because he got very arrogant, very egotistical, very self-centered, thought he knew everything. One of my best employees tried to tell me what was going wrong. I didn't listen to him. He said, Marcus, if we don't fix this, we're going to be bankrupt in six months. And I just basically ignored him, shunned him. And he resigned that following Monday. That was a Friday. Wow. He spoke. Two weeks later, he was gone. And like he predicted, six months later, I was bankrupt. So I moved to Raleigh, where I'm at now. I, had a, I was almost homeless. I had a couple of jobs. Merrill Lynch got fired. All my fault was uh, at another construction company for five days, got fired from there. And then the only job I could get, Dan, was a custodian on the night shift. I was a night jan and making $8.25 an hour on the graveyard shift. And I tell everybody, without that job, without that experience, I'm not who I am today. Because I never would have woken up and said, wow, Marcus, you were the one that messed up. You were the one that made the mistake. And as a result of that, I ended up having a pivotal moment. And after that pivotal moment, I said, I want to be a speaker. I want to help others. And I started my business. And like anything you start brand new, it's never easy. It's never successful. And 30 straight months, then, not one paid job. Got my first paid job for Miller Mott College in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I haven't looked back since. Wow, that's awesome, man. That is really awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. You know, I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that, first of all, it wasn't really until you aligned your mission and your vision and your values with who, with, you, with who you really were that you started seeing success. And when you were focused on yourself, interestingly enough, everything collapsed. Your business collapsed, your relationships collapsed, and, and, and in a certain sense, you collapsed. And then when you started looking outside at helping people and at giving and at growing as a synergy, as a team, that's when things really took off. And, and I think that that's really remarkable. And to me, all I can think about is, is sports, right? Because that's, that's the essence of team sports. So what have you taken from your experiences playing in the NFL to your experiences of being a business owner and now to your experience of being, what, you're a speaker for, if I'm not mistaken, a large number of Fortune 500 com companies. Is that correct? I've worked for 17 Fortune 500 companies in the last four and a half years. Of the 17, 10 are Fortune 100. That's wow. uh, Active Advisors, Jimmy Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Home Depot, New York Life, MetLife, Siemens, Cisco, and Living Mutual Insurance. And I've worked for them on different spectrums, leadership to growth, to sales, to tactics, to pivot, you name it. I've worked very hard. I have the same custom suit story, but I always give the action steps that the client needs to mm -hmm. achieve and resolve any issues or problems that they have in the organization. And so really and truly, football taught me a lot about overcoming adversity, about dealing with, you know, dealing with difficult situations, dealing with maybe not having the best day at practice, maybe like, you know, going against somebody else who's a, a very good athlete and having to really get, dig deep to get to the results again. For 30 straight months, two and a half years, not one paid job. In September 2013, Dan, I was making $8.25 an hour wow. as a night custodian. Many people who, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's a job, and I was grateful to have it, but I put myself there because I made some bad decisions. I was highly educated. I was highly intelligent. I had a great athletic career. I had a great business. I made some really bad mistakes, some very juvenile, immature mistakes. And as a result, it cost me. But working as that custodian, 
I could have stayed there and continued to play the victim mode, the blame game. I call it the outside to inside theory, looking outside yourself first and then, uh, and then inside second. So it's always someone on the outside's fault. Exterior, my partner, the clients, my employees. And I did that for about six months. And I could have just stayed in that mindset, could have stayed in that. Yeah. Sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of people do. They talk about their heyday. I was a great <laughs> athlete back in the day. I was a great this back in the day. I was a great that back in the day. And I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want that to be my legacy. I was. I had a child on the way. I had, I had a, a young stepdaughter who I've you now been with me now for whew, almost seven years. No, sorry, almost nine years. Nine years. I feel like in her life, and then I had a, a baby that was on the way in 2013. My daughter was born in 2014. I had to wake up and I had to walk that real hard journey. Like anybody that's in real estate, commercial real estate, any new business, you, when you start out, it's a long road. I was having, a, actually, I actually have a client that just signed up with me, was my old teammate, and he was getting into commercial real estate, multifamily. So he hired me as his coach. We're starting our first call next week. So mm -hmm. I like the fact that he's forward thinking and he wants to kind of get some things going. He wants to learn the business more, which of course I know a lot about it from books and from experience, I'm going to coach him so he can have success. So again, football taught me a lot about how to overcome adversity and deal with negative situations because in football and sports, nothing's ever always perfect. Yeah, that's really great. And uh, you're definitely not one who's living in their heyday in my assessment whatsoever. In fact, I've, uh, I've befriended many people who are actually your students, your current students. In fact, about 10 episodes ago, we had right here in the studio on Dan on Top, former Detroit Lion, Hakeem Valles. So, you know, really your good work is, is, is going around and circling the globe, and that must feel really great. So kudos to you, man. I, I really, I'm, I'm happy to have you in my circle and uh, happy to have you on, on Dan on Top. So let me ask you something. We've got a lot of different people that are viewing. A lot of people are real estate investors. A lot of them are brokers. A lot of them are fund managers. And most like the factor, I think, that connects our viewers together is a desire to synergize and work together, to grow, to learn, and to build. So with that being said and with that in mind, what kind of advice do you have for our viewers? The advice I have for the viewers is you need to have three principal foundations of any successful business. One is operational excellence. How does the internal structure of your business work communication-wise and procedure-wise? How does the external process and procedure work? We're talking with clients, potential clients. If you're a real estate investor, how do you talk to brokers? How do you talk to broker-dealers? How do you talk to people, different people on the job site? You need to fix up your, your projects, your construction managers, your GCs, your subs. How do you talk to these people, right? That's one. Two is going to be quality product. If you're going to have a business, you're going to have something that you're out there in the market selling, invest time, invest resources to make sure you have a great quality product that provides great client satisfaction. And the third is going to be excellent customer service. If something goes wrong, which it always does in life, especially in business, a misunderstanding, miscommunication, how do you address that? And how do you take feedback from clients or potential clients or partners or people that are part of your uh, syndication or people that are in your deal all together? How do you actually take that feedback, apply it and implement it to reduce and minimize future mistakes? So in this business, like any other business, you have great operational excellence, again, internal communication structure and process, 
external communication structure and process, delegation of tasks to the right people. You have number two, a great quality product that provides excellent client satisfaction. And three, if you have excellent customer feedback, where you can take that feedback from customers and clients that they're giving you, implement it where necessary to reduce and minimize future mistakes, you will have a great business no matter what you do, but especially in real estate. Man, how do I, I want to unplug this and freaking drop it. It's like a little mic drop right there. I love it. That was really good. So those are some great factors to, to keep in mind for anybody that's starting a business or even more importantly for anyone that has the business. So you've got your operational excellence, your great customer service, you've got your customer feedback and, and systems that are in place. I think those are really great points. So we've got about maybe four and a half, five minutes, Marcus. I want to turn the tables a little bit since I got home court advantage here and, and put the mic in your hands. you have any questions for Dan on top? What would you tell someone that is getting into the game is the number one thing, especially commercial construction, is the number one thing they must possess in order to give themselves the best chance to survive what's usually a very difficult you know, environment? Yeah, so hands down would be an incredible mentor who has your back. That's the number one thing. An incredible mentor or a coach that has your back, that's going to see to it that you succeed, and that's got your, you know, whether it's just from a, a perspective of altruism that they have your best interest at heart, or maybe they're even better, they're incentivized to have you succeed. So I think that's the number one thing that I would advise. I agree. If you don't have someone to show you the roadmap or the blueprint, it's going to be very hard to get where you're trying to go. Yeah, 100%, 100%. What's next? So the next thing I would ask you is, when it comes down to the fact of being in this space, right, you need capital, you need resource, you need a mentor, all that kind of stuff. What would you say to someone that's getting into the game that has some capital but scared to invest their capital and trying to help them raise capital to get into projects? So, again, like the old saying, OPM, other people's money. What would you tell someone who has some assets, has some capital, but is going to try to leverage that to get other capital so they don't have to use their money in deals? What would you say is one of the you know, primary factors in helping that person raise capital? Yeah, so number one would be never, ever, 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 ever pitch a deal you wouldn't buy yourself. If I wouldn't buy it, I'm not going to tell you to buy it because I can't put my name onto something by making a recommendation to you if I wouldn't do that thing myself. So that's number one. Number two, build a great team. And a great team, it might mean a great coach, it might mean a great broker, it might mean a great accountant, great CPA, great attorneys, all kinds of great people that are in your circle, right? That are in your sphere of influence that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas, ideas off of. And then number three is like, research the heck out of whatever you're doing. When I took my business, when we were doing a lot of house flipping, I studied for five years different neighborhoods in the city of Detroit. I literally took heat maps of crime. I took maps that showed the number of undeliverable postal addresses in different zip codes and just general heat maps of the city of Detroit and superimposed them on top of each other while I was working at the title company so that I could see where I wanted to invest. By the time I had capital or, like you said, OPM, other people's money to invest in the city of Detroit, I knew exactly where I was going to go. And then what did I do? I networked. And I didn't just network with great people like Marcus. I networked with the people that were demoing the properties, right? I took my truck out there to the city of Detroit, and I waited for the big Dodge Ram with the huge Caterpillar bulldozer to pull by. And I made friends with them, and I took them out to lunch, and I said, hey, guys, what zip codes are you going to be demolishing the most houses in this month in, in the city of Detroit? Where's the city putting the most money in? And by making friends with those people, I learned how to follow them. And then this leads me into my last point, which is, 
always follow the money, okay? I'm a small dog. Whenever I invest, I look at where the big dogs are investing, and I just follow them. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel when you can just piggyback on somebody that's driving a freaking Bentley. Perfect. I agree. I agree. And my last question is, what is the number one mistake you see people make in commercial real estate when, they ju- when they're just starting out? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say it's one of two things, one of two extremes. Number one would be that they buy a deal because they get excited about it and don't really understand the underlying fundamentals. And number two, and I see this all the time, even with relatively seasoned investors, is that they look at a deal, like let's say that's at like a seven a seven and a half cap. So seven and a half percent return on investment, which is pretty high for sure. the net lease space. And they say, yeah, Dan, no, no, no. I need like an eight cap or an 8.2 cap or an 8.5 cap. And they're willing to take on incredible risk for a deal that's maybe a really hairy deal for such a slightly greater return. So keep in mind that like, don't be greedy. Don't look for a, a huge return when there's way more risk. And partner up with good people. Talk to good people. Invest with good people. And have a good time. Always be true to yourself. Always be smiling. Always be on top. Always be learning. Marcus Ogden, thank you so much, man. Great to see you. I appreciate you. Thanks for being on top. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, all right, guys. We'll see you soon.